Hey family, how are you? Let's give Jesus a shout of praise this morning. Isn't He so good? Outstanding. That was anointed, wonderful worship. You guys are great. Let's give it up for your band. Those, they're incredible. Here early, praying, preparing, doing what they're doing. And uh, it is good to be with you. Uh, I, I was here a, a few years ago and uh, it is really, really cool to be back. Are you well? Filled with faith? Ready for the Word? So good. Um, like uh, Pastor Rob said, uh, this is my wife, Jana, and uh, she's amazing. And I think, I don't know, she's coming back later this year to come and be with you guys. So uh, she's, she's fantastic. Like uh, Pastor Rob said, my, my two boys, Jackson and Jordan. Uh, Jackson's the oldest. He's just turned 12 on, thir- on Thursday. And um, so now he's 12 and the countdown to a teenager is on. And uh, now that he's in the room, I can tell you, like, it's starting to show. I can see the teenagers coming. It's coming. So I've come here just for you to pray for me. And, um, and uh, actually, my youngest, Geordie, he's eight and a half. I'd say eight, but he wants you to know he's eight and a half. And uh, he, he's gone out to kids' church. My oldest is now in youth. I've got, a, I've got a youth kid in my, in my family. He's too old for kids. But he went, you're speaking right, Dad? And I, I said, yep. And he goes, oh, I'm going to go help kids. Uh, so he's a self-nominated leader. Don't know if he's done a police check, but he's 12. So it's all good, right? So uh, he's gone out there. And so, yeah, Shans and I, we're, we've been married for 16 and a bit years. And uh, she's amazing. She's a pastor in our church. She's, she's a remedial massage therapist. She's a, a naturopath. You name it, she does it. She's pretty amazing. I don't know what I'm doing up here, actually. So, uh, but she's pretty great. And it is an honor to be here. Can we honor your senior pastors? Aren't they just, Rob and Pauline, you guys are... Talk about the real deal. We, we drove all the way here just to be with you, just to come and spend time and hang out. And, uh, and you know, it's inspiring what God's doing in this church. And, and uh, I'm going to preach two different sermons today. And uh, I, why? Because mostly because I heard Pastor Danny somewhat did, and I'm competitive and thought, if he can do it, I can do it. He's going to preach one. And, uh, but okay, uh, set the bar. And so, but no, as I was, as I was praying, I. I genuinely felt there was, there was two words, and you got two services, and I thought, well, why not preach them both? And so if you've got nowhere to be, hang around for the second, it will be different. It's not a trick. I'm not going to change four words, and it's the same message. It's a different sermon and, um, and different jokes. And uh, so come for the joke, stay for the sermon. And uh, no, but just uh, I feel like whether you can stay or not, uh, I, I don't know if we podcast this or record it. Both of them, I think, are words for the church. So I'm going to share them. And, and on, the, on that, I just, I, yesterday I was up praying and early before everyone wake, woke up and, and had a word for you, Josh. And, um, and you know, this isn't because you're the pastor's kid. It's not easy being a pastor's kid. Not easy carrying, leading youth ministry and doing so many areas. And, and, but it is a grace and call on your life. And I felt God say, you're a warrior. And, uh, and like your namesake, Joshua was a warrior that was born to be a leader. And on the way to being the leader, he was, had to be a warrior. But I felt God say before the warrior, he had to be the one that was willing to hang longer in the mountain and longer in the temple. 
And I feel an invitation from God to say, you've got a warrior spirit, but what will enable your warrior spirit to be able to take ground, and there's a season of taking ground for you very soon. I feel like God is starting to get ready for you to run, and there's more. There's more, Josh. But I feel like to run into the more, you have to go, there's an invitation to even a deeper place. And you've got a depth with God. You're a disciplined guy. You've grown up loving Jesus, but I feel God saying there's a greater measure. There's a deeper water. And he's calling you to that longer, that linger longer, and what that's going to do is allow you to be able to win the battles, which will be the thing that allows you to walk in the mantle God's got for your life. You're a great man. Well, think the world of you, Josh. So can we just honour you? Great leader. And Robin Pauline, I felt, even as you walked around today, it was like a confirmation for me. I felt God say, I'm getting this church ready for revival. Can I get my spirit? He's been get, I feel like he's been getting us ready for revival. And I almost feel as a walk through as we go to look to expand and, and, you know, even carpets are going in the kids' rooms tomorrow. And last time I was here, you didn't have all that block out there and the playground and all that. I feel like God's saying, I'm getting you ready for harvest season. And I feel God say this is a, a joint church word. And this will link a bit to what I preach in the next sermon um, service. But, uh, but I feel like it's not just on you, it's an us. Uh, it, this verse, I cannot get out of my, my spirit this year from 2 Corinthians, which is, if my people who are called by my name. It's a, it's, a, it's a pathway for revival, the scripture. If my people, notice it doesn't say if my pastor, it doesn't say if my person, it says if my people. The only way we see revival is if it's a people. If my people who are called by my name, name humble themselves, pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal, heal their land. That heal their land is a picture of revival that God wants to do. It's a harvest season that God's going to bring in. And I believe as a church, not just as a leader, but as a church, we engage in prayer, anticipation. And what I'm going to share this first service, expectation for what God's going to do. I believe we're going to see a revival. I believe there's going to be a season of signs, wonders and miracles. I believe this church is, there's a lot of great churches in this community, but this church is going to be marked by the supernatural. I felt like there's going to be stories of miracles and healings and provision of jobs and breakthrough influence that happens from this church and stories will get out around this community, not just of great worship, although it was great, and great preaching, although I'm sure it's great, but of the supernatural that God's going to do in this church. And I feel God say these two things. I'm helping prepare room. I feel like God's saying you're making room and you're fixing the nets for harvest. But here's the prayer we've got to have and a, post, a spirit that says, how do we handle the harvest? I say it's one thing to sow the seeds, but it's another thing to actually reap the harvest. Uh, the seed is held in bags, but the, the harvest is held in silos. And sometimes they're going to say, I felt as a church to come and say, sometimes we want to stay comfortable. Sometimes we want to stay where we were. Sometimes we want things to be convenient. And at the same time, we're praying for revival. God wants to release revival into this city and this community. I believe this can be marked by revival and this church can lead this revival. But I believe it actually requires an expansion and a prayer, not just for God bring them in, but God prepare us as your people. Because if there's going to be a revival, it actually needs a people that are willing to humble themselves. That means not doing it my way, not doing it how we used to do, not doing it in the way we are comfortable, but humble 
humble, humble ourselves to God's way, God's plan, God's purposes, which means we put ourselves last and Him first. And if we're willing to seek Him, pray, and just turn from our natural fleshly ways, what I believe God will do is hear from heaven, He'll forgive our sin, and He'll heal our land. I believe there's a revival season coming and God says, get ready. So two things. One, make room for the revival. But second, you need to pray for strategy on how we hold the revival. Because God will reveal it if we're ready to hold what God gives to us. Amen? So that's, that's what I felt this morning. So I just thought I'd share that. You know, I said to my boys a, a, a week or two ago, uh, we're going, the last few days of your school holidays, we're going on a trip. And I won't lie, they've got imagination. They've got excited. They're like, are we going to Bali? Are we going to the Gold Coast? I said, we're going to Port Lincoln. Now at that point, my boys had zero expectation for Port Lincoln. Uh, and they're like, it's the last few days of our holidays. We're going Where? We didn't even know there was a place called Port Lincoln. And uh, what are they teaching in schools these days? And, uh, and so we drove here. So I got them up at four in the morning. As to get in the car, we're driving to Port Lincoln. How long is it? Not far. It's far. <laughs> Super far. So I went like, by the time we got about 20 hours in, their expectations were on the floor. But I tell you, something happened. I don't know what to call you, Port Linkies. As we drove in, as we... Drove up the hill and we saw the beach and all the bay and my kids were like, is that where we're going? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, okay. I said, is that where the sharks are? All in the water, boys. We pulled up coming down the hill towards our hotel, Lincoln Hotel. And my boy's like, down the bottom of that hotel is KFC. I said, that's right, boys. That's where we're staying. We got out of the hotel and there's men and women tossing tuna everywhere. There's smoke meats. There's show bags. There's show rides. And all of a sudden, my boys are like, I like Port Lincoln. There's Boston Bean. There's, there's, there's croissants from Lance. There's Port Lincoln surf, Lance, whatever it is. Port Lincoln surf t-shirt. I mean, my boys got so hyped up on Port Lincoln, they woke up yesterday and went, good morning, Port Lincoln. You're better than the Gold Coast. You're better than Bali. Their expectation taste changed so much. My boys, which I can't get them to eat a vegetable, they had raw oysters and they loved it. I don't even know if they loved it, but their expectations completely changed from when they left to the different perspective they had at the end of Port Lincoln. Literally, I can never allow them to come back to Port Lincoln again because they think there's fireworks for bed every single night. It's like Disneyland before the park shuts, there's fireworks. I mean, anyone that comes here this weekend thinks this is the greatest place in the world. And it is, of course, isn't it? And that's it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> they, well, my boys believe it. Uh, 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 there's, there's something, like I watched them eat these oysters, right? And uh, uh, there's something that moves you beyond safe. There's something that moves you beyond comfortability. And there's something that makes you have a totally different perspective about what's going to happen. And it's this word, expectation. And today I want to talk to you about expectation because I believe God wants to raise our expectation about what He's going to do in your life and what He's going to do in the church. So this first service is going to be about you. The next service is going to be about us, us as a church. Amen? And I better start, otherwise I'll just keep telling stories and we'll be in the second service. So Jesus, help us. Amen? Matthew 9, 27-30 says this, As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed Him, calling out, Have mercy on us, Son of David! When he had gone indoors, the blind man came to him and he asked them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and he said, Read this with me. According to your faith, will it be done to you? Say it one more time. According to your faith, 
it will be done to you for you. And it says that they were healed. Not according to Jesus' ability, not according to their need, but according to their faith, they would get their miracle. This, fa- this phrase has rocked me of like, God, we're sometimes under the misillusion that God just moves because I have a need. But God moves not just because you have a need, but according to your faith. Not just according to your title. Not according to how well you've done in devotions lately. Not according to your experience. Not according to your ideas. Or not according just to your desires. But according to your faith. We see this all the way through Scripture. Jacob's literally wrestling God. And God's done. He's wrestled out. He wants to go. And J- Jacob says, I won't let you go until you bless me. And God's like, well, according to your faith. Hezekiah in the Bible was about to die and he asked God to add the days to his life. And God's like, well, well, according to your faith. Jesus, when he healed the man with a withered hand, what did he say? No, I can do it, of course, but if you stretch out your hand and the man did, well, according to your faith. Uh, Peter, can I walk on the water? Do you notice Jesus never invited Peter to walk on the water? Peter invited himself and Jesus was like, according to your faith. He never invited the other disciples and they thought, well, can I stay in the boat? Well, according to your faith. Uh, at the in, in wedding at Cana, Mary said, the mother of Jesus said, well, they've run out of wine. And Jesus is like, well, it's not my time yet. And Mary's like, well, you're going to do something anyway. Just servants do whatever he tells you. And Jesus is like, according to your faith. You have to understand this. You have an impact on the miracles. You have an impact on God's supernatural power in your life. And your faith and expectation, even when we turn up to church, has an impact on the environment and the atmosphere of heaven in this room and what God is going to do. The people of Nazareth, that didn't see many miracles. Well, according to their faith. Jesus said, when, you, when he sent the disciples two by two into the towns, if they don't accept you, your message and what I sent you to do, wipe the dust from your feet and move on because according According to their faith. It feels like God transfers some of the decision making to us when it comes to the supernatural and the possibility of what God wants to do in our life. But this is the key. You can have faith in God, but do you have an expectation that the supernatural is for you? Yes. Come on, I love it. Blind Bartimaeus, he's a story of a man that just kept on asking and asking and asking, even when everyone else said, he's busy, he's gone past you, it's not for you, keep quiet, you're too far gone. Blind Bartimaeus wouldn't settle because there were people all around Jesus that day that had faith Jesus could do a miracle. It said the crowd surrounded Jesus. I mean, churches are filled today with people that have faith Jesus could do a miracle, but there are not enough people that turn up with an expectation that that miracle is for me. There's too many people that have faith. Maybe God will speak today, but not many people rock up the church with an expectation today, God, you're going to speak to me. How many of us got in the car today and turned up to church versus how many of us got in the car and prayed all the way here saying, God, I'm not leaving that place until you speak to me. I'm not leaving that place until I get a miracle. I'm not leaving this service today until I feel the presence of your, your Holy Spirit. I mean, the story of the Jesus feeding the 4,000, it literally says the the food, the bread and fish remained until they were no longer hungry. I think God moves in the supernatural as long as we're hungry and have an expectation that he'll do something for us. So it's not just enough to have faith, because I believe everyone has faith. 
You're here because you have faith. My question and challenge to you today when it comes to what God wants to do in our church and what God wants to do in your life is that do you have an expectation that God is going to do it for you? And of all the revivals and moves of God we've seen, and after walking through the last few years of COVID, I don't believe we just go through that just to come out the same as we were before or smaller or more behind. I believe God uses things like that when we go through dark seasons to see revival, to see light shine in darkness, to see salvations, to see miracles, to see the season of where Jesus returns. I believe that's what we're walking into. But do you have an expectation that God's going to do it through this church? Do you chase after it? My wife, she's... Five foot three. And uh, I told the story to the youth last time I was here, but uh, we were in New York City a few years ago. And, uh, and we're walking through, what's that? Quite a few years ago, about 12, 13 years ago. And uh, she's corrected me on the front row. Do you see that right there? And, uh, and the detail mattered, everyone. And 12 to 13 years ago, we we're in New York City. And we'd just done some laundry. And we were on the way to our hotel, and there was this dark alleyway. And uh, we went, there's a shortcut to get to our hotel, but it was dark and it's New York. And we thought, should we go through it? Let's go through it. So we walked through this dark alleyway and, and Shans is uh, carrying the, the, the bag of Washington. And, and as we're walking down this, this alleyway, all of a sudden this guy goes running past me. I'm like, what was that? A moment later, this lady comes running really slowly in heels yelling, stop, stop, he stole my handbag. He stole my handbag. Well, I'm short. But these legs can move really quick, right? And he used to be in state athletics. So I turned around like, yeah, I could catch him. I've got faith in these legs. But I went, you know what, I'm on holiday. And I went to turn around and walk the other direction. And I go to say, Shans, come on, let's go. But Shans isn't there. The washing's on the floor. And my wife is running down this dark alleyway in New York City. She's running down the alleyway. But she's not running down the alleyway. She is screaming at him, you get here, come here. She's running down this city after someone she doesn't know, after a handbag that's not her, screaming at the top of his lungs to this man to turn around. While she's running down this alleyway, she sees these other people standing there and she's yelling at them, you, come on, let's get him. They don't know who this demon woman is, so they start running with her. And this guy who's running down this alleyway, no word of a lie, turns around and sees her with like bloodshot eyes chasing, like a, like a lion chasing after, after a gazelle. She's chasing after this guy. So this guy freaks out and literally throws the the handbag to the side of the road. But Shanza's got the taste of blood in her mouth. So she doesn't stop for the handbag. She keeps running after, turning to everyone saying, come on, you cowards, let's get him. Well, they start yelling out. It's entirely true. They start yelling out. We've got, it's okay. He threw the handbag. So Shanza calms down. Wipes the blood from her mouth, walks over, picks up the handbag, hands the bag to the girl, nods at me like, job well done. Walks on back, picks up the washing, puts it in my hands, and I was the wife for the rest of the holiday. And I said to Shans, why would you chase after a handbag that's not yours, after a guy that's way bigger than you, for a woman you don't know in the middle of a dark alleyway in New York City? And she said, Josh, you just don't understand what's inside a girl's handbag. Here's the, here's the deal, right? I looked at the guy and I had faith that I could do something about it. But Shans had an expectation that that was for her. There was a difference from knowing that I can be part of something and an expectation that God wants to do it in me. See, the woman with the issue of blood is the story of a crowd that, that surrounded Jesus and, and they surrounded her, him, and they came for spectation. 
But she came with expectation. You see, she, she, she had been disappointed for so long. For 12 years, she'd not got a miracle. For 12 years, she'd not got a breakthrough. For 12 years, God had not moved in the way she'd been asking. But she decided that today, I am going to get my miracle. You see, that, that, that crowd is like so many churches and so many meetings and so many cities where there's people surrounding in rows and, and, and aisles and fronts of churches and, and saying, God, I believe you can do something, but we've come to spectate and see if God will do something. But we've got to be like the woman with the issue of blood that is willing to push through. You see, that day when she pushed through the crowd, she wasn't pushing through a crowd. She was pushing through disappointment. She was pushing through doubt. She was pushing through fear. She was pushing through every lie that said, you're never going to have your family back. You're never going to have your dignity back. You're never going to get your health back. I mean, sometimes in the last few, somewhere in the last few years, the enemy has been lying to too many of us and too much of our history has been speaking to us, but we've got to push through it. And no, not only could God do something, but today God's going to do something for me. See, she was frustrated. She was disappointed. She was pushed down. But that woman never lost for a moment her expectation that Jesus could not only do a miracle, but Jesus had a miracle for her. So she didn't just rock up. She turned up. She pushed through and she grabbed a hold of a miracle in such a way that Jesus, it seems, didn't even expect for that miracle to happen. Jesus said, who touched me? Healing power went from my body. Imagine if we were a church that rocked up every single Sunday and all of heaven started to look at what God was doing right here at One Heart in Port Lincoln when we never thought they had it in them. We never thought they could push through in such a way. Come on, who touched me? Miracle power went into their body. Miracle power went into their meeting. Miracle power went into their worship. God's got more. See, too many people come for spectation. They just want to see what God can do. But that woman came for transformation. You see, when you want to have an experience, you'll be a spectator. But we're not meant to come to church to have an experience. We're meant to come to have an encounter. And when you have an encounter, you'll be an expectator. You see, when you come with expectation, it leads for transformation. Because when you spectate, it leads to an experience. And some days the worship will be good. Some days the worship will be okay. Some days the preaching will be good. Some days the the preaching will be okay. But when you come with an expectation in Jesus who never changes, He's the same yesterday, today and for hour, forever. And, and his, his, his power is not determined by our worship, by our atmosphere, by our emotion, by our preaching. But the one who is the same yesterday, today and forever, when I turn up with an expectation that He's going to move in my life, then I'll get the transformation and this church will begin to transform this town in a way that we currently are not able to if we just us be the church rather than do what God called us to be as the church. Amen. So let me give you two quick things. Just on the side, by the way, so many people, some of us, we've been in a healing season and it's been preparation. And I felt this today in kindness and I'm not your pastor, so take this to Pastor Rob. But I felt God say you can only be in preparation for so long. And there's a season where you have to move from preparation to expectation. And there comes, that's a, that's a tough step. That woman would have been preparing for a long time for a miracle, but there comes the moment where you just go, now's my time, and you're going to push through the crowd. So let me just say two quick things, and then we'll pray. Firstly, I just believe that expectation must be received. What do I mean? By having faith and expectation doesn't mean I can walk out of here and say, God, I'm going to get a Lamborghini, just because I want a Lamborghini. It's not, not how it works. This is not, this is not name it and claim it. 
What we have to do is receive a seed from the Holy Spirit that gives us faith for what God wants to do in our life and our church. That's why today as I speak prophetically about what God's got to do, that's not for me to say what that looks like. That's for us as a church to pray into how God will do it through this church. And when it comes to your life and your situation, it's not just God, I just want this so I claim this. No, it's God, give me faith in my spirit, that seed of faith that gives me an expectation in order to be able to see that miracle at work in my life. You see, when a, when a mother is expecting that she has that miracle in her life, but not in her hands yet. She has to carry that miracle. She has to stretch with that miracle. And in faith, there'll come a time where she has to push that miracle. However, it's in her, but it's not in her hands yet. For so many of us, we've been carrying the seed of a miracle in us. But we've got to stretch and grow with that miracle. But can I say what the mother first has to do is receive the seed. You see, I believe that God is wanting to release a season of supernatural miracles in this church. But first, we have to receive the seed. We have to get on our knees. And what what Second Chronicles says is, if my people call by my name, humble themselves, pray and seek my face. You see, it's in the seeking that we get the seed. The seed of faith and expectation that says God's going to do something in us in our church. You see, you can't live with expectation if you're not first in the waiting, the receiving, the hearing, and the allowing that allows him to come and plant hope and revelation and answers onto the inside of us. That's why Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe he exists. And get this, he rewards those who earnestly seek Him. We think that reward is a job. We think that reward is money. We think that reward is healing. I don't think that's what it is. The greatest reward God can give any follower is faith. You see, when you seek Him, you get faith and therefore you step into expectation that God will do it for me. So many of us are doing our devotions thinking, if I pray and if I read my word, God will bless me. No, we're getting it wrong. You are blessed already because you're a child of God. So you pray and do your devotions to receive the gift of faith, which is the reward for those who earnestly seek him because if you get faith for you and you get faith in God and what God wants to do in you nothing will be impossible for you see expectation is beyond just agreement it's asking thinking and imagining maybe the keys can come it's asking it goes beyond just agreeing God can do something it's beginning to ask and think and imagine, and it's there in the imagine, you begin to believe the miracle that God has for your life and our church is for us. See, number one, when you want to have faith and expectation, you have to begin to seek him and say, God, what do you have for me? What do you have for my family? What do you have for my marriage? What do you have for my business? And what do you have for my church? He's not just, that's a good, that just sounds like that's a good idea. No, God, I seek you. I search you out. And I ask God, is that healing for me? I believe it is, but I need to know. You get a word, you get a confirmation, you get a belief in your spirit, you get that seed, you get something inside of you, that that faith that impregnates you that says, God, I'm getting my miracle. And then you begin to stretch. Then you begin to grow. Then you begin to believe. But once you receive that seed, this second thing, really simple today, then you need to get around expectation boosters. You need to get around expectation boosters. What do I mean by that? What do I mean? If my people... See, for us to be the miraculous church and live the miraculous life God's called each of us to live, it can't be done by ourselves. We actually have to do it around others. See, Jesus never gave His life just for you. 
although we've taught that for many years. He actually gave his life for the world and you're included in it. His picture was kingdom. He always prayed for the city. But in our individualistic world, we've made salvation and faith all about us. But the reality is we only see God's miracle, miracles. We only see revival outwork to their fullest when it's an us, when it's a people, when we're united, which commands the blessing. So once you've received the seed of faith and you know, God, I know you're going to move in this church. God, I know you're going to move in my life. God, I know I'm going to see a miracle. It's then you need to get around an expectation booster. Let me just talk as I finish about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary supernaturally receives the seed of expectation. She never was with a man, so the Holy Spirit gives her Jesus. She's expecting a miracle which came from God. It's a picture of what God wants to do in your life. He wants to put a seed of the impossibility on the inside of you that could never be man, it could only be God. But she's a young girl, possibly around 14 to 16 years old. And she's about to walk through an incredibly difficult season. Her body's gonna change. She's gonna have weird cravings for chicken burgers. She's gonna go through the emotions. She's gonna have to go through labour. And if you understand the laws of the day, she is not yet married. So either her, her fiance has to leave her and she'll never get work and never have an income and therefore die. Or there's a high possibility that she's stoned for breaking the law because she's pregnant out of marriage. I mean, when it comes to Mary right now, she doesn't need practical advice. She doesn't need someone telling her how to walk through this next day. She doesn't need someone just to tell her, oh, everyone else has done it. Just go through the motions, you'll be all right. No, she can't avoid the challenges ahead. So instead of going to someone practical, she goes to someone else that's carrying something supernatural, her cousin Elizabeth. You see, her cousin Elizabeth also was not able to get pregnant, but by the Holy Spirit allowed her in her old age to also be expecting. You see, when God gives you a seed of the miraculous, when God gives you faith for the impossible, when God makes you believe that shows you that you can start that business or start a family or get your healing. Can I encourage you? Don't go to someone practical that's got all of the natural answers. Don't look at all the logical things. Don't say what's happened in the past. I mean, if we start to gauge what God's gonna do in this church by what He did in the past seasons, we'll miss out on the exceedingly abundantly above anything we could ask, think or imagine that God's gonna do in the next season. So instead of going to someone practical, she goes to someone that's also expecting supernaturally. When God gives you faith for your miracle, your family and your church, don't get around someone that thinks naturally, get around someone that thinks supernaturally. That's why we've got to pray as a church. That's why we've got to gather as a church. That's why we've got to believe together as a church. That's why if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face, that's why you've got to get around someone that says, hey, I don't know how you fell pregnant. I don't know how you're going to get your healing. I don't know how you're going to start the job. But I found that God did it in my life. And if God did it in my life, God can do it in your life. That's why I'm coming a little bit pumped up this morning. That's why I'm trying to stir you. I'm not just trying to give you practical teaching. I felt the Holy Spirit say, you've got faith, but it's time to get an expectation that He's going to do it in your life in this church in the next season. Amen. See, even in the turmoil, there was something about who lived in Mary that caused the child in Elizabeth to jump. What does this say? Expectation is contagious. 
You see, when your expectation gets next to your expectation, gets next to your expectation, gets next to your expectation, all of a sudden there's a jump on the inside of us because who you're carrying is greater than what you're facing. I don't doubt many of us are facing difficult seasons, but who you're carrying is greater. You need to get into this environment of expectation that gets beyond reasoning and spectating. You don't have to see it now. Mary couldn't see the miracle that she was holding. Come on, stand to your feet with me this morning. But I believe it's time to start praising in expectation. I believe it's time to start praying in expectation. I believe it's time to start sowing in expectation. I believe with all of my heart, there is gonna be a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit in this church in the next season. And maybe today you don't see it. Maybe today you don't know it. But if today you would just allow the seed of potential to get on the inside of you. Maybe today you need a miracle. Maybe today you need a job. Maybe today you need a healing. Maybe you've been ready to start a family and it hasn't happened yet. I've got faith for you today that the Holy Spirit can put the seed of faith and expectation on the inside of you. Maybe you've been waiting like that woman with the issue of blood. Maybe everyone around you is telling you like blind Bartimaeus to keep it down. Maybe like Mary, you don't know how it's gonna turn out. But I believe in this environment of faith and expectation, something supernatural can happen today in Jesus' Name. Today's a day where you can get on the edge of your toes and say, I believe God is going to move. I believe I can be healed. I believe I can be blessed. I believe I can be filled. I believe that I'm anointed. I believe that revival is coming. I believe a season of expansion is coming. I believe God is gonna move in my life this season and our church in Jesus' Name, amen? So if that's you today, would you lift your hands right across this place? I'm gonna pray for you and I don't know every need. I don't know everything that's going on in your life, but I know God's got more, God's got more, God's got more in Jesus' Name. I believe there's healing that's available for you. I believe all of heaven is peering on on you in this season saying, ha, who touched me? Who reached out to me? Who called me? I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to anoint you afresh. Come on, worship team, you're gonna get ready. There's gonna be a revival season and as we're worshiping, healings are gonna come. People are gonna get saved in worship, but it comes with faith and expectation that we don't just sing the songs. We're believing that as we do, we're ministering to people and people are being set free. Right across this place, lift your hand. Father, in Jesus' Name, for every person that needs a miracle, for every person that's believing for a family, for every person that's believing for a job, for every person that's believing for an impossible situation, I pray, Father, the seed of faith on the inside of them. I pray that as a church, we would begin to humble ourselves, pray and seek your face. And as we begin to search you out, as we begin to seek you, I pray the seed of faith get inside of us. I pray the determination and expectation that you'll move in our life will get on our spirit. I pray, Lord God, there would be such an increase of faith in this church that we wouldn't be able to contain what you're going to do. I pray, Lord God, you'd stir us to pray. I pray you'd stir us to turn. I pray to God for this church, a great season of uncomfortability, a great season of stretching and moving. But I pray, Lord God, in the days to come, we would enter into a revival season in Jesus' Name. I prophesy miracles, signs and wonders in Jesus' Name. I prophesy revival meetings where the anointing of heaven fills in such a way in worship that we won't be able to preach the Word. We won't be able to move, but be able to be on our knees filled with the anointing. I pray, Lord God, the expansions that are to come won't be able to contain what you're gonna do. 
Get ready, it's time to expand. What God's doing in Tumby, what God's doing in Port Lincoln, it's just the beginning of what God's gonna do in this church. So become the army He's called you to be. You've been a hospital, you've been a family, but it's time to step into being an army because it's time to run, it's time to believe, and it's time to get expectation for what Jesus is gonna do in this church and your life. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Come on, why don't you give Him a shout of praise this morning? Isn't He good? Isn't He good? Ah, awesome. We're, we're finished, but I need to do one thing. And I've gone to the maximum time, but can, just, just grab your seats for a second. Sorry about the shouting. I just, just feel like today I just had to plant faith and expectation on the inside of you. Want to be like Mary that gets around you as... Elizabeth and, and something on the inside of your jump. But if you don't know Jesus, He loves you. Every person bow your head right across this place. He is your hope, He is your answer, He is your peace. He forgives, He is your friend, and He is the one you are looking for. Jesus gave His life for you because He created you, because He loves you, because He wants to be near to you. He died so that you could be forgiven for every mistake, but He rose again so that you could really live. How do you receive Him? Not by good works, not by turning up the church, just by faith. Believing it's for you. An expectation that things can change. If that's you and you don't know Jesus, when I count to three, would you lift your hands? Or maybe you've been away from Him and you say, today I'm coming back. Something stirred in me today, I'm coming home. If that's you when I count to three, lift your hand. One, two, three. Who'd, be, who'd say that's me today? Jesus. Awesome, my friend. Yes, come on, man. Who else would say that's me? Anyone else? Awesome. So good. Come on, would you all pray this prayer with me? Say, especially you that raised your hand, say, Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you gave your life for me. Forgive me, receive me, and lead me from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God praise? Isn't he so good? Can you tell everyone that lifted their hand what happens next? And if you can, hang around the next service. Something totally different, but it partners with where we've been. Amen? Over to you. Thank you, Pastor John.